in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Drew Brees has retired from the NFL. He announced this morning he will be joining NBC as an analyst. He'll be uh, in the studio for Sunday Night Football. He will also be a part of their Notre Dame broadcast. And I'll say this. We just we just played the audio of his kids saying he's going to be home more to spend more time with them. Not that broadcasting football takes up as much time as playing football, but if he's calling Notre Dame games on Saturday and then in the studio for Sunday night football, he's not going to be home on the weekend still. Uh, not going to be home on Friday either because he's traveling and they have to do pre- uh, prep work. So three days out of the week, he's pretty much uh, he's pretty much dead. traveling home on Monday. <laughs> These kids are getting them Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If that. <laughs> if that. Because I, I'm sure Drew Brees will be doing things other than that in his post-playing uh, career. Yeah. Or, like Drew Brees is going to spend less time with his kids after this. He's kids, like, at oh. football pra- kids at football practice? Hey, I thought your dad was going to coach us this year. <laughs> nah, dad no, he's, he's, he's calling uh, Notre Dame and Louisville this <laughs> week. He couldn't make it. Um, but on the Saints side of this, there was a report this morning from Diana Russini that they're trying to bring back Jameis Winston, though it doesn't sound like they want to give him very much money to come back. And that if he does come back, they'd have a quarterback competition between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, who is under contract for the Saints. Uh, if I'm Jameis, I, I guess if you don't have a starting job, you're taking that. But I got to feel like you're being slapped in the face if, if you're having to compete with Taysom Hill for the actual starting job. Well, I thought it funny over the weekend. I'm pretty sure I read this right that Taysom Hill is redoing his contract to free up cap space. Yep. So yep. when that happens, you kind of figure that guy's the starter. You you don't ever hear you know the backup. He's going to free up a lot of money so we can get that top free agent. Well, I think the options for the Saints are is if we don't free up the cap space, you all get cut. Because the, the Saints have restructured every player on the roster salary, and they're still like twenty million over the salary cap. Shouldn't this be like a sign if you're restructuring Jameis to, uh, excuse me, um, Taysom Hill who never plays that they gave Taysom Hill too much money? A little bit. The the best part of it is like. It's they they technically signed him to a four year one hundred and forty million dollar deal, but he's never gonna see most of that because it's like all voidable years on the contract or something stupid like that. But like that's how dumb the NFL salary cap is, is that to free up space, the Saints technically signed a four year one hundred and forty million dollar deal with Taysom Hill. Uh there we've seen pictures of them at Thanksgiving and they're really close, so who has more times for Breeze's? Who has more time for Breeze's kids this year, Breeze or Taysom Hill? Oh, Taysom Hill! Like, will Taysom oh, Hill be Taysom at the house Hill. all the time? Say, hey, Dad's back at the Notre Dame game. Let me throw the ball around with you. Yeah, Taysom Hill's going to be there more because you know when there's a Taysom Hill actually gets a bye week. There's no bye yeah. week for Sunday night in, no. on NBC. You no got to be in every week. You yeah. think Notre Dame's getting games off either? Uh-uh. uh-uh. Drew's never coming home. How bad, like? How bad of a behavioral issue must Jameis Winston be that they're like, all right, we're going to keep Taysom Hill and you two have to compete because God, we hope that Taysom Hill winds up winning this quarterback competition. 
Well, he's gonna win. It doesn't. It, that's the thing. It's not gonna be a competition. He's gonna win it. We already know Sean Payton's gonna give Taysom Hill the starting job. Loves him. Man, you know that's a great question. Joel Embiid will be out at least two weeks. He's got a bone bruise, on, bone bruise on his left knee. He will be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. Um, it's a blow to Joel Embiid in terms of MVP betting, and I'm curious to see how he comes back, how he comes back, what it means for the 76ers because they've they're legitimate title contenders this year with how well they've played in the regular season. Yeah, I think they, uh, well, I don't think they breathed a sigh of relief that it wasn't an ACL or meniscus, so that was, because uh, that could have really just ended their season. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Ask uh, Prop Swap later in the week about these NBA MVP odds. They keep going up, uh, changing every week. Last week was LeBron. This week, Joel took the lead. Now Joel gets hurt. Uh, yeah, just, I, I mean, I think they're happy that it wasn't more serious. Are you, even though it's not a serious injury and they think it's, you know, he'll be back within a month or so, is, does this still fall into the category of this guy's over seven feet tall and uh, he's got a leg injury? We, he might never come back and play again. <laughs> I'm trying to think over seven feet tall. Um, I think he comes back. Uh, I tell you, I don't know the way Brooklyn's playing. I don't think they're going to win the East, but I think he comes back. I, I mean, does his size help? No, it doesn't help But uh, in terms of the injury, but I think he comes back. He's fine. Great question. Just, Thank just, you. Just stay away. Just stay away from the barber. <laughs> he already got that out of the way, so he's good. Yeah. Uh, stay away from the barber. Kyle Long will meet with the Raiders. Kyle Long is Howie Long's son. Retired after the 2019 season, so he did not play last year. He's 32 years old at the moment, and I don't know. Is Kyle Long better than Richie Incognito and Gabe Jackson? Like, is that an upgrade if the Raiders release those two and they sign Kyle Long to be a starting guard? I mean, I'm going to say no on Gabe Jackson, but, you know, Richie Incognito is different because of the injury he had coming back, and I think Kyle Long just took the year off and is probably, uh, you know, rested. I, I, he's 32 years old. I don't know how good he is. It was funny yesterday, obviously, uh, Raider fans once again, you know, losing their minds over a potential free agent. And obviously because of who his dad is and the connection to the Raiders, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think you bring him in like they're bringing him in today and you talk to him, you see where he's at after the year off. So if you're giving me a choice, ah, that's a tough one. I'd take J Gabe Jackson over either of them, but I guess you'd have to know how incognito is coming back from that injury. At this point, you might take Kyle Long over him just because it was a bad injury for a guy incognito's age. But like I said, I'd take Gabe Jackson over both of them. Well, it's funny, the injury side of that on Richie Incognito, because here's Kyle Long's career. He was a pro bowler his first three years in the NFL. That was 2013, 14, and 15. Every single season that he's played since then, he's missed significant games due to injury. Because in 2016, he played eight games. 2017, 10. 2018, eight. And 2019, the last year he played, he only played four games. The guy's only played 12 games over the last three seasons. Now, granted, he was retired last year, so he couldn't have right. played any. But, like... You talk about Richie Incognito coming back from injury. The Raiders were just frustrated with Trent Brown for not being healthy. And now they're signing a guy who hasn't played a full season since 2015. Like, I maybe he took the year off. Maybe he's good to go because of it. But to me, like, if he's cheap, it's fine. Like, but if the plan is for Kyle Long to be your starting guard, I think you're asking for trouble in terms of injury on the offensive line because that's what he's been for five straight years. You know, it's pretty... <laughs> Typical Raider fans, this is hilarious. So yesterday, 
they're going crazy because he's i guess he's he's gonna meet with the raiders today and then he's uh lined up meeting you know, his next meetings with the chiefs you should have seen the raiders this guy better not be screwing us and then go fi- sign with the right <laughs> this guy he better not be setting us up to sign with the rivals i like, can't pump the brakes the guy's been out of football for a year like don't be light i mean maybe he'd be okay and he'd be a nice you know stopgap for however many years a 32 year old with his career you know can go he's already retired once but it's just so crazy to see like they're signing like you know a 25 year old first team all pro it's like the guy's 32 calm down Kyle Long will determine the division. Whoever signs yes, him yes. wins the AFC exactly. West. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, he will have the best Twitch stream of any player in the AFC West. I just, it's, I don't know. I, I just, it, I guess, I guess because we're the Raider, uh, Raiders are in our town now, you see. I mean, I'm trying to think back when I was in San Diego, it was the same as the Chargers. But they just go crazy over any possibility of signing anyone. Maybe Kyle Long will be fine if they get him. But like Tyler, you just pointed out his injury problems. He's 32. It's, you're not, you know, this isn't the difference of like winning the AFC West. But again, over the weekend, any name that was mentioned, it was like, all right, got to get him. Like I said, they're now 65 million over the cap because they've signed everyone the fans wanted to sign. (laughs) And none of them play defense. That's a great, great question. Not important. NFL free agency starts today, or at least the uh, the legal tampering period of, of NFL uh, free agency love it. starts today. The contracts, I think it's Wednesday is the day they can officially be signed and finalized, but you can come to an agreement between now and then. So on the Raiders side of this, do we think they spend big early? Do we think between now and Wednesday they will have locked up a, a big name free agent, or do we think this is a, a more patient uh, off season for the Raiders? I mean, can they help themselves? I bet they <laughs> signed somebody. I, Gruden, we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wait. Get that guy. Um, I, look, if they sign, I'll tell you one thing. If they sign anyone in the next three days, that guy better be one of his be- one of the best at his position. He might be. He must be an absolute you know defensive starter that's gonna make a difference, right? I mean. I hope, you know, now you could say Kyle Long, but I think he'd come, you know, like you said, cheap. But if you're going to spend a lot of money, let's say a high number, that dude better be one of the best on the market at his position. I'm serious. I mean, we've talked about it before. Now, if you can get a guy at the top of his position in the secondary, he's a top free agent, okay, because those guys are going to make their money anyway. But don't overspend in a time where you can wait on a guy and see what the market is and maybe get him for cheaper. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, like if they sign Kyle Long to like an $8 yeah. million dollar deal tomorrow, I mean, yeah. we're going to be looking around saying, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah. And that would somehow not be one of the five worst free agent signings they've made in the last three years. Yeah. How upset was John Gruden that the uh, 49ers re-signed their fullback? Oh, he's got his own, Jared. He loves his own fullback. Yeah, he, could have, was a, he Alan, could have two. He could have two. He could have two. He's got to go get Johnny Stanton and sign him to the practice squad. Next question. The Green Bay Packers re-signed Aaron Jones to a four-year deal worth $48 million. I have not seen any details on how much of that is guaranteed, which is the more important number than the $48 million there. But the Green Bay Packers last year drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round. Probably a little bit dumb, but at least it looked like the Packers were planning to let Aaron Jones go and not give him a big contract and not spend big on running backs. And then they spent big on their running back in Aaron Jones and might have given him $12 million a year. Yeah, they gave him. I, I'm looking for the guaranteed. I know the signing bonus was 13. Um, 
In ter- but in terms of overall guaranteed, I don't know that. Uh, the signing, like I said, this $13 million signing bonus. Uh, sources confirmed on the $48 million deal. Obviously, 48 is not guaranteed. That's a good question, though, uh, in terms because that's all that really matters in these contracts anyway. But I, I thought he was going to leave. I thought he, I thought uh, he was going to walk and, and try to go somewhere else. But it's uh, a good player. So, like you said, they did draft, they did draft somebody. But um, it, you know, if the if the numbers half that guaranteed or even less that, then it's probably a good signing. Did you see Drew Rosenhaus? Um, he said that he his client anticipated bigger offers in free agency. See. But Aaron Jones wanted to stay with the Packers. Is that Drew Rosenhaus throwing Aaron Jones under the bus a little bit? Basically saying, I could have gotten you more, man. I could have gotten you more. This looks bad for me. Mm. Yeah, do you think he was really going to get more than that? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know know how much more he was going to get. And Drew Rosenhaus is uh, sitting here saying, well, I got to look better than this. Yeah. Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's uh, the agent's going to want to come out looking good on it. So... I mean, yeah, it could have been him throwing him under the bus. I think for, as a running back, you know, talked about it often. If uh, half that 48 is guaranteed or even less than half, I think he did pretty well for himself. That's that. That is definitely the agent going like, yeah, man, we got a bunch of calls, but I really think you should consider the Packers uh, <laughs> the offer. We, uh, I mean, yes, no, the phones would bring it off the hook. I mean, I've got plenty of teams, lot of, you know, a lot of interest in you, but really this Packers offer. The only one that I've shown you. That's the one you got to go with. Yeah, Green Bay. It's really nice in the winter, don't you think? All right. Coming up next. No, wait, wait, wait. You forgot. Hold on. You oh, forgot the most what, important what, thing. I'm not oh, happy. That, I'm not happy. I don't know if you guys saw this. Maybe Jared likes this, but I, I'm not happy. Uh, it was a big showdown in the Cactus League. Royals oh, first place oh, took care of the Jared, second place break. Dodgers. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Just cut him off next time, Jared. Go to break. This <laughs> drive. Devin backing in. Devin all the way in, kind of old man's just way in against Anderson. And then flat-footed just puts it in over the rim. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Oh, the what's becoming annual tradition for UNLV basketball that instead of paying attention to the NCAA tournament, we pay attention to the roster. And who's leaving? Uh, Bryce Hamilton could be one of those players that is leaving, uh, he said, right after they lost in the Mountain West Tournament to Utah State, that he had not thought about his future, whether or not he would come back. Mike Gramala of the Las Vegas Sun wrote a story about Bryce Hamilton's future, and an NBA scout was quoted when asked about Hamilton's professional prospects as saying, Lucky to find a G League gig. Uh, so, if that's the uh, grade that's coming back on Bryce Hamilton, what does he do for next season? Well, okay, a couple things. It's one scout, so and that might be the majority of opinion to everybody, but it's just one scout. So maybe another scout would say, "No, I think you know, with good workouts, he could sneak into the second round." You never know. Um, there's especially someone in, at his position or his uh, uh, situation. My guess there there'd be varying thoughts on him. He's, he's certainly not, you know, uh, number one top five pick where it's just automatic. So there's probably some various opinions on him. I Look, we both know this. The, the idea whether he's ready or not usually has nothing to do with their decision. It does with some kids when they get the evaluations back. But mostly kids have in their mind by now what they're going to do. And often it has nothing to do with what scouts say. They either want to leave, they're tired of school, 
They think they're better than the scouts are saying. They just want to go play for money somewhere. So I never, I never like see what that um, scout said and say, well, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna make his decision. He's for sure coming back. Um, I still think I'm leaning towards he's leaving, and whether he's ready or not, again, that doesn't have a lot to do most often with kids leaving. I mean, there's a ton of kids every year that leave. You could say, boy, that guy's not ready. So I think he probably goes, uh, and if he does, you wish him the best. And you hope. I don't know what kind of workouts and COVID they're getting. Um, if at all, but, uh, I think he goes, that's just my personal opinion. Here's the problem for Bryce Hamilton. Uh, if his grade coming back from scouts is lucky to find a G league gig, then a, he's not going to get drafted and B, he might not be able to even stick in the G league in the States, which would leave his only option going overseas, which this is probably the worst time to be trying to go overseas to play professional basketball. But I think where Bryce Hamilton, his biggest problem is that I don't think he can get better if he comes back. I don't think he can improve his draft stock if he comes back because Bryce Hamilton's two biggest problems are that he does not shoot well from three and that he does not defend. And Bryce Hamilton did not get any better as a defensive player this season. We knew Bryce Hamilton was a bad defensive player last season. He did not get better this season. So what would make you think he's going to get better on the defensive end next season? And then his three-point shooting, he's had one good season last year where he shot well from three, but even still, he only made about 35% of his Mm three-pointers. It's not like he was knocking down 40% of his threes. We've seen a large sample size of Bryce Hamilton at the college level shooting threes, and he's a 31% shooter from three. I don't believe he's suddenly going to be a 38, 39% shooter from three. That's just unrealistic to think. So the two, his two biggest problems when you try to project him to the NBA, I don't think he gets any better coming back to UNLV next year. So well, and that could be what his handlers are telling him. I right. mean, I, I, you know, that could be, hey, what's the point of going back? You know, uh, just move forward. Hope you get a shot. I mean, that that's all things you're saying that someone who's handling him, which they all have handlers, they all have people they listen to. He actually has family members who's played in the league. He's actually have, you know, I think he has maybe more of an advantage to some other kids. He does have people who've been in the league. They have agents. They have people who can talk for him or like find out information. So he's in a pretty good spot there where the information's coming back. But I agree with you. I mean. That might be one of the things that moves him. It's like, look, are you really going to get that much better? Try to make the league or try to make pro, and at least you're making money that way. Yeah, that could be a selling point to him. As crazy as it sounds, like, what are you really going to do when you go back? Yeah, and but, but I think the problem is, is that he's not going to make the NBA, and he might not make the G League, and so I don't know where he goes. Because if he comes – because to me, if Bryce Hamilton comes back to UNLV – it's not because he's trying to get better. It's because Bryce Hamilton just decided, okay, I, I, this is this is going to be the most fun place for me to play basketball this next season. I think that would be the decision. Is hey, I, I can you know be guaranteed that I'm playing basketball at a Division One school. Whereas if I leave, I don't have any guarantees of where I'm playing. So I just I think he's in a rough spot where I don't think he's got a great pro career ahead of him, and I don't think he's getting any better if he comes back. So it's kind of a, a weird spot where both yeah. decisions are wrong now. He could transfer, uh, which I think would be interesting if Bryce Hamilton transfers, because I'd be fascinated to see what teams would be interested in Bryce Hamilton, because his best when he's at his best, it's when he has the ball in his hands. 
but he's he's an inefficient mid-range scorer. So if I'm a if I'm a team better than UNLV, I don't want an inefficient mid-range scorer that needs the ball in his hands. So I'd be very fascinated to see where Bryce Hamilton would go if he did transfer away because I don't know where exactly he'd fit in on a college team that's better than what UNLV is. I I agree with you, but I'll also say this. If he goes in the portal, I would not be surprised if like a Pac-12 team looked at his numbers oh. and took him. So there's, somebody will there's take all him. these yeah. teams. Every team's like, well, we'll make him better. Well, we can teach him this. Well, he didn't do that there. He'll do that here. You know, again, um, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, Amori Hardy, right? He goes to a really good team, team that could make some noise in the tournament. Probably wasn't had the minutes that he thought he would, but he's under a great coach. Like, you know, would Dana Altman look at the numbers of Bryce Hamilton and think, look, I'm a really good coach, and the stuff he doesn't do well, we will fix that. But he's an 18-point game, a guy or whatever he was at UNLV, so we'll take him. Like, that wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying Dana Altman or Oregon are to take him. I just never am surprised at coaches or teams who look at a kid like that and look at his numbers and say, well, there's things to fix. We'll fix that. Oh, yeah. You you can say Dana Altman in Oregon, by the way, because yeah, Dana I mean, Altman in Oregon takes UNLV's leading well, score right. every year. That's that's their thing. That's what they love to do. They'll take UNLV's guy all the time. So it absolutely, takes our coaches and yes. Dana Altman takes our player. So it absolutely will be Oregon that takes him. But I just, yeah, I again, yeah, so I, I think somebody would, too. If he goes in the portal, yeah, yeah. I think somebody better yeah. than UNLV would take him. I'd just yes. be curious to see his fit because – he doesn't offer you much value off the ball. Like he, he just, he's not a great shooter. He offers you value by creating his own shot, but we just saw this whole season. How good is UNLV when Bryce Hamilton's the guy creating his own shot? Well, they're not very good. So I'd be fascinated to see where he would actually end up and what his role would be on that team because he like, doesn't offer you much value off the ball. He just, he just doesn't. There's not, he's not a shooter and he doesn't do anything else that, that gives you that type of off ball value. So do you, I, do you think real quick because of his family lineage and because of those guys who made the league, like this guy says, you know, the one scout says he'd be lucky to find a G league gig. I'm not so sure someone in the G league wouldn't take him just because of that, because, you know, he's had, he's had guys in his league, team uh, family make the league. Do you, does that help him at all? Um, I don't know. Does that help in the G League? I don't know. I'm not I mean, sure. I mean, it might. Maybe maybe there's connection somewhere that right, makes it right. easier for him to get uh, on a G League team. I right. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how the G League works anymore cuz they've got they've got a handful of kids that could have been in college this year that are getting sure. paid to play in the G League now, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there are connections there that help him and he gets into the G League a lot easier than maybe he should be able to. So that right. might be. And that's listen, that's a part of the conversation that he has when he's deciding what to do. It's like, oh yeah, so and so knows this G League coach. Like sure, we can yeah, exactly. even if you don't get drafted, even if you know it doesn't work out in the NBA level, we got you got a good backup plan where we yeah. can almost guarantee a G League spot, then you absolutely go and you say, All right. Oh, if absolutely. I, if, I, if you're guaranteed a G League spot, there's no question you go. Yeah. Then see you later, UNLV. I don't need to play for a team that's going right. under 500 in the Mountain West. I can go do that in the G League and play in Santa Barbara or some and make random money. place like that. So yeah, I, I'm just I'm fascinated to see what Bryce Hamilton does because I don't know that there's a I don't know that there's an easy or even a right answer. It feels like every answer is kind of the wrong choice for him. All right, coming up next, Ryan Wallace will join the show as we'll jump more into the Golden Knights two game sweep of the Blues. He his pants. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace 
Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. How are you this morning, Ryan? Hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We are good. Um, all right. What did you make? We'll start with Cody Glass. What did you make of Cody Glass getting taken out of the lineup, Patrick Brown being put in, and Tomas Nosek on the third line? Uh, Nosek's been good on the third line. Uh, Patrick Brown was everything you needed him to be in the second game, a back-to-back with St. Louis. And Cody Glass is going to have to get back in the lineup and play better to get back to his third line with Alex Tuck and Nick Waugh. Did you view that as Pete DeBoer saying Cody Glass out of the lineup gives this team the best chance to win? Uh, I view it as Cody Glass needed to take a break. It just it, he hasn't noticeable at five on five, and, and when you're in a situation where you move Glass to play with Reeves and and Kolasov, uh and Tomas Nosek up, and then when Nosek goes up, that line immediately looks like it, it it's able to take care of possession, play down low, has some scoring chances, does score some goals. Um, I, I think that it's just a, a little bit of a reset for Cody Glass. It's not to say that he is going to be out or sitting long-term. I just think that it's one of those things where you've got a player trying to break into the NHL, and it's not as easy as everyone thinks it should be. So you're not overly concerned because we've seen, and you know as well as anyone, you've seen it with Glass in the past, inconsistent consistency. People, he goes out of the lineup, people start asking questions, you know, what's wrong with him? Will he ever, you know, reach that potential? You don't see this as a long-term thing with him, or is there concern anywhere in your mind as early as it's been in his career that, you know, they're just seeing something that's not there? Uh, no, I, I'm not concerned that, that, you know, this is going to be a long-term thing with Cody Glass. I, I think that that his trajectory to the NHL is more normal than I think a lot of people think. It's it's hard, right? Because when you're a six a six ball pick, first round pick, first pick in franchise history, like the expectations to come in and be Sidney Crosby or come in and Connor McDavid are rampant. It's through the roof. You're expected to make it impact. A lot of picks in the NHL especially picks outside of maybe the top three or top the trajectory is different. It's a little bit more of a road, and I think Glass is going to be just fine. But right now, Golden Knights are in a really condensed schedule. You know, Pete DeBoer talking about needing, needing some guys to come in and provide a little spark. You saw what that was able to do on, on, on Saturday night. So I have no issue with it. I think Cody Glass is probably back in the lineup if not tonight, by Wednesday. Is Marc-Andre Fleury back in the lineup tonight? Uh, I think that depends on Robin Leonard. Huh? Like, <laughs> I, I guess that depends on if Robin Leonard is going to be with the team today at morning skate and whether or not Robin Leonard is going to be uh, an option. If Leonard's not an option, I think you go with Marc-Andre Fleury, and if Leonard's an option at some point this week, then Robin Leonard plays. Do you feel, and uh, we, we asked this question to open, or at the second segment of the show, after watching them and how well they played in St. Louis, uh, do you feel better of what you've seen against the actual good teams in this division? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not overly concerned about what their record is against good teams because good teams are hard to beat, right? Like, 
Like, I don't expect the Golden Knights to go out there and dominate every single series that they play. I don't expect them to dominate every single team that they play. Yeah, it'd be great if they could beat Colorado 7 nothing every time, but Colorado's a good team. It's going to be hard to beat them. I just want to know that they close. I want to know that they're, they're at least equal. And then when you're in the seventh series, you could be equal the last game and then find a way to So I, I'm not concerned about what their record is, but I think dominating Lewis, not just this weekend, but also that first game. If you remember the first game, their 2 nothing hole comeback, they were better than St. Louis in that game. They've been better than St. Louis all three games that they've played. I think very encouraging how well the Golden have played against Ryan, you sound terrible. We're going to hang up and call you back. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Jared, yeah, call him back. Because uh, we were getting about every other word from Ryan on that answer, uh, and let us know when we get him back there. So what I, what I'm curious, and and again, they've still got four or five games against all the top teams left. I'm curious when we get to the end, what the actual matchup will be in the first round. Like, are are the Golden Knights going to get matched up with Colorado in the first round? Or are they going to avoid that and get one yeah. of Minnesota or St. Louis? And which one? By the time we get there, I, I think, you know, which one does everybody think is the easier matchup? Because the way the games have gone, you'd probably say St. Louis is the is the better matchup for the Golden Knights right now than Minnesota. Sure. Um, yeah, you. I think at this point, if they had their choice, you go Blues uh, Blues in the four spot. And then, I look, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So you don't want to play Colorado, I get that. But I just, every time I watch them play the Wild, I'm like, I don't know if they want to play those guys for some weird reason. Imagine, imagine like going back two months, three months, and being like, you know, the Minnesota Wild are scary. You got you there, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, oh, there all right. Hopefully, hopefully this so goes better. Sound, we were just like losing better. every other word. What? Does sound better now? Uh, oh yeah, I think so. It, you sounded okay at times last times. It was when you started talking and like you gave us a couple <laughs> sentences in a row, and you kind of started going in and out like every other word. So. So we'll we'll ask you another question, and I might stop you and yell at you again. Let's Here's just do yes question. and no answers. <laughs> I, I can absolutely do that. I can do that. Uh, we're not doing yes or no answers. We need to test this out here. All right. No, no, no. Ask me yes no answers. I'm contractually obligated to. All right. Here, here is your yes or no answer. Um, Alec Tuck is the fourth best player on the team. Man, we didn't even get a yes. Yeah, out of gotta, I think no. I heard. Yay. I heard. Yeah. I heard. Yay. Yay. All right. Let's let's try. Let's try another one. Robin Leonard will play ten games the rest of the regular season. Mm, maybe. Oh, That's not got, yes or okay, no. Wait, wait, that was what? an answer. We got an answer. <laughs> what? We do yes uh, or no questions, and you give us maybe. Oh, You're I've welcome. got one. I've got one. <laughs> After Oscar Danks uh, saved apparently 86 shots last night, he is definitely the second base best goalie on this team. Yeah. I got a yes! Yes! No, you got a yes, not a yes. <laughs> I got a yes. You got a yes. All right, this here's another one, This isn't going well for us. Here, here's another one, Ryan. No, no, this is great, Jared. Here's another one. <laughs> the Golden Knights have the best penalty kill in the NHL. Oh, it's a good one. No. Oh, who's better? Oh, who's better? Arizona's really good. Like they were very strong on the penalty kill. Um, I, I mean, I think 
it's are good, but I think over the course of the last couple of games, it's power, uh, penalty kill has a couple of goals in, in inopportune times, specifically against Minnesota. So penalty, penalty kills better against Minnesota. They probably win one of those two games. All right, still sounds right. terrible. Here's another yes or no for you. The Golden Knights power play being bad will be a talking point during the playoffs. Mm, no. Oh, I think it'll be fine. Oh, it'll be fine. I got a yes or no. Okay. Only five points out of the playoff spot. People have given up on the Kings way too early. <laughs> yeah, they they not going to make yes. the playoffs. But oh. it's fine. <laughs> oh. Five points out? Poor Ed. Minnesota's come in and been good, and yes, now the Kings exactly. are done for. You were you were preying on that one that one open spot in the West, and the Kings couldn't take it. It was at least Minnesota. we at least we don't have COVID. We got the night's games canceled because they can't fly out of uh, snowy Denver. So at least there's no COVID. All right, here's another one. Yes or no for you, Ryan? Um, Ryan Reeves needs to be protected by Keegan Colasar. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> last night or Saturday, whatever day it is today, I don't know. I don't, well, need is such a strong word, but it did happen. It happened, so he needed it. it either It's yes or no, so yes is the answer, Ryan. Stop trying to give nuance here and yes or no. You, <laughs> well, you wanted to play yes or no. Nuance. You wanted to play yes or no. Um, yes or no. no you, I mean, I had to because it was, it might it sound terrible. Right, There's and you keep, I could you, do about you keep trying to talk through instead of just giving us mm-hmm. yeah or no when we when we want something. All right, yes Here, or no here's another torture. All right, here's <laughs> another one for you. Yes or no, Mark Andre Fleury will start every playoff game for the Golden Knights. Oh, it's a good no. one. No, oh no. no. Okay. okay, yes or Hold no. On. I've got I've got a good one, and I'm okay, going, I'm, go going off the, I'm coming off the rundown. Does Pete DeBoer realize he can actually scratch Ryan Reeves? Maybe. Oh, it's a long one. Maybe. Did you, you say an maybe again? I didn't. <laughs> say it again. Answer it again, Ryan. Maybe. Oh. It's yes or no. It's not maybe. It's yes or no. Stop giving us maybes. This is ridiculous. All right. All right. Yes or no. We see the gold helmets tonight. Uh, um, shoot, I remember what jersey wearing. Uh, yeah, yeah, why not? Okay, yes or no, we will at some point see the gold helmets with the gold jerseys. No. Oh, you don't think they'll ever do that? I, they don't. Oh, man. Yes or no, you were shocked like the most of us that these gold helmets were the idea of McPhee. <laughs> no, not at oh. all. Not at all shocked. Oh, no. I we were right. shocked. <laughs> um, yes or no, you're ready to end this interview. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, 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 Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, right, Thanks, Ryan. Right. Thanks. <laughs> That's right. Jared hated that whole thing. Oh, my God. Yes. It was torture. Two minutes into that interview, we got the text from Jared. Should I just call this guy back? <laughs> I didn't oh. think I, I didn't think his sound was that bad until that last answer he started getting, yeah. and it was just like it was like a boat on waves. We were just up and down, getting every. <laughs> we got other a lot of maybes. The maybe's the just put it out time. there. I don't know what to do with maybes. 
Maybe. That's like you when you're trying to grade and you give somebody an A and an yeah. S at the same time. <laughs> it's like, what the hell, Ed? Did they, did they pass or did they fail? Uh, nobody <laughs> knows. Ed Grady's giving out grades. All right. I actually kind of wish Ed was like an adjunct professor at UNLV <laughs> because it would just be like, does anyone really understand what the class is? Not really, but I did pass it. And also failed it. Yes. Why does my why does my paper have a red A and a red F at the top of it? Uh, yeah, you'd be asked to describe your grading system, and you'd say, I don't know. I don't have any idea. That's for you to figure out. All right. Coming up next, our Sharp is on a great streak, just picking soccer. I've never loved our Sharp more than I do right now. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Nate is back. Nate has won three in a row picking soccer. Nate, where are you going today? All right, we're going to go La Liga, Barcelona over SD Huesca. Oh, what a pick. What a pick. I've never even heard of Wesca, but I have heard of Barcelona. So there you go. We got Barcelona in a one o'clock game today against SD Wesca. I think I think we'll be talking to you again tomorrow, Nate. I hope. Tyler, I feel like hey, Thursday, though, I'm going to break your heart and uh, go for NCAA tournament. So. Oh, man, it'll be Wait your loss. Wait a minute. Loss. You're, you're assuming that's a big assumption. You're going to win three straight days, but don't worry about it. Champions League tomorrow, Man City. Already, I'm already previewing it for you. You got it, baby. Man City and then Bayern the day after. Already lock it in. But, yep. <laughs> All right. We got it. All right, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow, Nate. See you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's already got his next two picks lined up. Yes. How about right. he goes, As I'm going to break, tur- break your heart with the NSA term. It's like, boy, that's kind of uh, confident in yourself. It's Monday. Well, he's picking the biggest favorites he can find in the soccer world. He'll be just fine. <laughs> He won't have any problem whatsoever. Now, another story in soccer, by the way, is Sacramento FC, if you guys have been paying attention. Sacramento was supposed to get a Major League Soccer team. The uh, (laughs) would-be owner of that franchise backed out two weeks ago. Told Major League Soccer, yeah, I ain't got the money for this. And so there is no longer a 30th MLS franchise that's supposed to be joining um, MLS. Sacramento could still end up getting a team because if they get another ownership group, they'd be just fine uh, from MLS's standpoint. But there's a story in The Athletic that basically said there are now four cities that are competing for that 30th spot. Sacramento is still one of them. Phoenix, San Diego, and Las Vegas are Uh. the other teams. So... I guess my question here, oh, there is one more. There's a fifth. It's Detroit as well. So I guess my question here well, is, do you think Las Vegas yeah. is better for Major League Soccer than Sacramento, Phoenix, San Diego, or Detroit? Detroit, yes. Uh, well, Detroit, yes. Uh, you're, Jared's right about that. Uh, Why would have be better a hard than Detroit? Well, is... Is Detroit's way bigger than Vegas. Why would why is Detroit yeah, is thrown it? to the side? Have you been to Detroit? <laughs> anyway, they don't care what the city looks like. They care about the money. Is is Landon Detroit Donovan is a still a, is Landon Donovan still a, in charge of the San Diego bid? That that might that might win out. That might um, win out. They got wait, that new wait. they got that new stadium coming up for for San Diego State, like more of a thirty five thousand seat stadium. 
I think San Diego of those four would have the inside track. Soccer City, Wait, I baby. Thought, I thought the soccer team got booted out of the San Diego State Stadium. Well, I'm if they, they have lost. an MLS bid with the San Diego, no, they did. They lost the they lost the uh, they lost the bid. San Diego State won the bid in terms so, of building the stadium, but wouldn't you strike a deal with an MLS team? I mean, San Diego State only plays what like six games a year. They got to have other things in there. I mean, sure, you could, but like yeah. they lost, they lost the bid. They were going to have yeah. their own stadium, and they lost it. And listen, yeah, they just share one, the stadium. If there's one thing we've learned, it's that all these pro teams want to own their own damn stadium. You don't want to be renting from somebody else. All right, just just to put this out here about Detroit. Since 2016, Detroit has lost an average of 30,000 people. 30,000 people have just gone, I'm done with Detroit. Meanwhile, Vegas has gotten a 3% increase in population. In the next five years, Las Vegas will be bigger than Detroit. Nobody wants to be in Detroit. Media All of whom from Detroit has moved to Las Vegas. Yes. Media market size, Detroit is 14, Vegas is 39. We're not even close. I, I don't even know how that's possible. We're less than like when... we have half. We have half the TV homes, not even half. They have a million more television homes than we do, according to Nielsen. We're not even close to Detroit. That sounds like bad sampling. We're not even close to Detroit. Like, Where would not they even play in Phoenix? Would they get close. their own place? Would they get well, their own stadium in Phoenix? Okay, so here here's what this comes down to: Major League Soccer cares about three things when they're adding Spanchin a new franchise. Feet. They care about, number one, do you have a rich guy in charge right. that can pay for this? Number right. two, we do is not. there a fan base? Like, do, do, are people going to care about the team in that city? And number three, is there a stadium plan? Because Major League Soccer does not want to be sharing baseball fields. Major League Soccer doesn't even really want to be sharing NFL stadiums. They have some that do, but they would much prefer not to do that. So if you can come to Major League Soccer with, hey, here's the rich guy that's going to own the team and pay the expansion fee. Hey, we've got some proof that the fan base and that the market will like this team. And here's our stadium plan, right? Whether it's approved by the local government or just somebody's building it on their own. Here's our plan to have a stadium. If you can give those three things to Major League Soccer, they're almost for sure going to give you a team. Now, all well, of these cities don't have, all these other cities... No. They don't have all three of those because if they did, yeah. they they'd probably already have a team. So yeah. that's the thing. Where would Phoenix play? They'd have to build a stadium. Same with Las Vegas. They you'd have to build a stadium yeah. here for that to be feasible. Same with all of these cities, right? Could the San Diego team play where the San Diego State Aztecs are going to play football? Maybe Detroit at one point was in on this, but their ownership group decided to just make Ford Field where the Lions play nicer. So they're kind of in a weird spot with that. But that's it. Like. The Seth Klarman deal with downtown Las Vegas where Seth Klarman is the rich guy, like he checks one of those boxes, and if he ever comes to that agreement with downtown Las Vegas where he gets the land around Cashman and actually builds a soccer-specific stadium to hold 20,000 people, they check the stadium box as well, and now all you got to do is prove that there's a fan base here that's going to be you know, you know willing to go watch them. Plus, the lights have been top five in USL attendance, so I think they'd have that box checked too. There, there is a path there for Las Vegas to check all three boxes. I want more than anything Vegas to get it only because Carolyn Goodman can announce the news on Anderson Cooper. Oh, well, Anderson Cooper, invite her back. Oh, invite her back after the last time. They, they, probably, they probably are mad she hasn't come back. What TV <laughs> for them?
Invite her back. She should be like the number one uh, uh, guest on that show. Give her her own show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, oh. And just to finish this up here, Las Vegas metro population is 2.2 million. Detroit is 4.3 million. I don't know where you two got off about talking about Detroit being oh. small. We no, are no, no. so I, far I, away I, from the, Detroit. No, no. I didn't, I didn't say Detroit thing. was small. I just said it's Detroit. The only yes. good thing to come out of Detroit <laughs> is the Pontiac V8 and Clay Baker. <laughs> 